says there in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 8, it says, But let us who are of the day, in other words, children of the light, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, in other words, to go to hell, to be eternally separated, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should be together with Him. That's God's plan, for you and I to be together with Him. But then verse 11 is the focus verse. It says, therefore, comfort each other. But it also says, and edify one another. Therefore, comfort each other and edify. It's a bit of an old word, but the newer word means encourage one another. This is what the scripture is saying. Encourage one another just as you are doing. It would almost seem from scripture that the nearer we get to Jesus coming for his bride, and let me say, Jesus is coming. I don't believe some of these crazy doctrines that are going around in one or two places where they say, well, Jesus isn't coming, this is actually heaven right now, and um, we need to see it from a different perspective. Uh, I'm, I'm being serious. There are some places that are teaching that at this point in time. And somebody says, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out this ain't heaven. <laughs> yeah, brother, this ain't heaven. But anyhow, sorry, just a little detour there. And it says, edify one another. So it seems as though closer and closer to the time of the Lord's coming, this may become more and more of an important ministry. The Bible says that in times to come, some people's hearts will fail within them because of fear. It seems as though closer to the end of the world, there are going to be some challenging times. I believe that God will take out His church before the full expression of those challenging times, but encouragement is something that we are going to need to do. Encouragement is something that we are going to need to grow in. Now, the same verse, verse 11, in the message version says this, So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope. In the Amplified Bible, it amplifies it the best. It says, therefore, encourage, admonish, exhort one another, and edify, strengthen, and build up one another, just as you are doing. Now, in the world we live in today, it's very common to see people criticizing other people and putting others down. Do you agree with me? It's very common. And it's less common to see people speaking words of affirmation and words of encouragement. Yet, the ministry of encouragement is so important. It's like it puts fuel in our tank to be able to carry on. Why are we so focused on the shortcomings of other people? Why are we so focused on their weaknesses? I'm not exactly sure. Maybe it's just something to do with our human nature. But it is so important that we would rather be speaking words of encouragement. 
I believe you can accomplish more by encouraging someone's good points than by pointing out their weaknesses and their shortcomings. Now, uh, I don't know, is there anybody else that watches TV here? Because sometimes when from the stage you talk about TV, everyone looks at you like, well, you watch TV, you know? Anybody else watch TV? Both the five of you. Okay, great. Now, there's, there's a show that's on at the moment. It's called Mnet's Idol Show, all right? Have any of you ever watched that? No, no, put out your hand now. <laughs> the Mnet Idol Show, I find it quite fascinating because of being somebody that sings and, and you watch these people come up on stage there and they've now got to sing for the judges, for Gareth and Mara and Randall and and Steve and all these guys, they've got to sing for them. Now, firstly, I guess if you enter into a competition like that, you've got to be prepared to take whatever's coming your way. But it's amazing how some people come in there and they actually think they're gifted to sing. <laughs> they really do. And they've got some outfit on and some chains hanging out their pockets, and they're doing the bit and everything, and but boy, oh boy, they begin to open their mouths and you just see the expression on the judges' faces like, you know, can this be? And I saw one person that came in there and afterwards the judges said, listen, let's just pretend you didn't come here today. We won't tell anybody, all right? Just go out and it never happened, okay? And some people believe that they are born to be rock stars of the world and they get brought right down to earth very fast and quickly. And then you've got some people that just come in there and they open their mouths and everyone is like, wow. And they just listen. And sometimes the judges are even brought to tears. But it's amazing. You see, the judges speak certain words and you see the response on the person. Sometimes you see like they are devastated. They are shocked to hear that they actually don't sound all that good, you know? Like sometimes they say, well, how do you think that went? Not pretty good? It didn't go good, you know? <laughs> and then the judges, when they see real talent, they speak words of encouragement and they say, that was really good, you did well, I'm hoping to see you in the top ten. And it's amazing what those words can do. It can make people start to cry with joy. It can make people jump up and hug the judges or run out with their golden ticket and because they're now going to the big stage. But it's amazing, just the power of the words of the judges can like crush somebody or they can send them absolutely into ecstasy because they know that there's a good chance of them doing well. It's quite amazing. Now, number one, we can cultivate the ministry of encouragement in our lives. Do you agree with that? Number one, we can cultivate the ministry of encouragement in our lives, even though, excuse me, even though you may not have a natural flair for encouragement, you can definitely cultivate it. Anyone can. God's Word encourages us to grow in this area. In Hebrews 3.13, it says, Encourage one another daily. It seems almost as though the lifestyle of the New Testament Christian is one of love for one another, one of encouragement, one of mutual edification. This is part of being part of the body of Christ, that we encourage and we speak life. Every time you interact with someone, 
there are two things that can happen. They can either be built up by the words that you're saying, or they can be despondent by the words you're saying. You very seldom leave somebody just totally neutral. Perhaps you can, I don't know. But on the whole, you're either lifting them or you kind of bringing them down. You are discouraging them. Now, what is encouragement? The word encourage consists of two parts. En, E-N, which means to put in or to put into. Courage, which obviously means courage. It also means strength. It means confidence. In other words, encourage literally means to put courage into somebody. To put strength into somebody. When you're encouraging somebody, you are putting confidence into somebody. I chatted to somebody within the last 10 days, and they began to tell me of how they've just been beginning to get a little bit of excitement regarding the vision of their lives. And it felt as though there was stirring and uh, there were specific things that they were going to maybe begin to do. And then this person then met with a particular pastor. And this pastor then said to him, no, 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 that's not the way to go, and you can't do it like this, and, and, uh, and really, you know, it's either going to happen here or it's not going to happen. And yeah, this guy, who I know well, was just about to kind of get going. And unfortunately, this pastor, uh, he's a lovely man, but he saw things just through a very limited view, and he said, no, no, it can't happen like this, it's got to happen like this. And this just left this guy feeling a little bit discouraged because he was just beginning to want to step out into more of his life's destiny, but now his confidence was taken away. He wasn't encouraged. He didn't put courage into this person. He took courage away from them. An example of this in the Old Testament was with the 12 spies. Ten of them came back after spying out the promised land, and they said, guys, you don't want to go there. They are giants. They're going to take us out. We look like grasshoppers or flies in their sight. But there were two guys who had a different spirit, Joshua and Caleb. And they said, guys, the giants are so big, you can't miss them. (laughs) You know, if you chuck a stone, you can't miss these guys. We can do it. That's what encouragement does. It puts courage into people. I think of myself Uh, About two or three months before we planted Choose Life Church, which now on uh, the beginning of September is coming up for five years. It's been incredible. God is so good. We give Him all the honor. We give Him the glory. But I remember about two or three months before the time, I was honestly feeling anxious. I was feeling nervous. And I thought to myself, well, what if this doesn't work? And I chatted to somebody, they said, well, you'll just try again. <laughs> I thought, no, well, I don't want to have to try again. This needs to work. You know, when you, when you step in out and you're not yet seeing what God is doing, but you're still in the absolute, can't see it, but just in your eyes of your heart, you've got a little bit of a picture. You know what? I was nervous. I was anxious. Had God spoken? Yes, Are you still allowed to be nervous when God speaks? Yes, if you're a human being. Forgive me for being human. But I remember I went and spoke to one or two specific people, people that I knew that I could trust. And I opened my heart to them and I said, you know what? I am 
I'm a little nervous for this thing. Help me here. And I can remember this person speaking just normal words of encouragement. He was actually telling me things I already knew. But he was just saying them to me. And as this person was saying them to me, his name is Laurie. As Laurie was saying this to me, I just thought to myself, wow, this is encouraging. And I walked out of that time of of having a, a meal together with that couple, and I walked out of there and I realized, you know what? It can happen. This can be done. And by the way, when you are looking for encouragement and confidence, make sure you go to people that are in the right place. Make sure that you go to people that are not going to talk your potential down, not going to talk fear into your heart. Go to people that are going to encourage you in the right way, in line with God's Word, but also they're just going to believe in you and they're going to speak to your potential. And they can say, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. It's very important. Number two, encouragement breathes life into people's hearts. Number two, encouragement breathes life into people's hearts. Listen to this amazing statement by John Maxwell. He says, encouragement is oxygen for the soul. Isn't that powerful? Encouragement is oxygen for the soul. Dr. Stephen Reiser says, if you deprive a soul of oxygen, it shrivels and it will not uh, develop as God intended. Deprive a soul of encouragement and it will withdraw into a shell. Deprive a soul of encouragement and it will live out a fearful existence. Deprive a soul of encouragement and it will be unable or incapable of encouraging others. It will be apathetic and cynical, pessimistic and lethargic. In extreme extreme cases, it may even wish it were dead. Encouragement is so vitally important. How many of you can raise a hand by saying you love to receive encouragement? You love somebody to speak to your potential and say you can do it or you're capable or you're doing well. Now, I remember my dad. Um, I can remember on numerous occasions him speaking these words to me. Son, I'm proud of you. You know what that did to me? It's just like, it just builds you up in such a beautiful way. He said, son, I'm proud of you. And you know what I appreciated about my dad? He didn't only say it when I had done something well or achieved something. Sometimes he would just walk past the passage, come past my room, grab me around my neck and he'd say, my boy, I'm proud of you. Your dad and your mom, we're proud of you. Those words were like breathing life and oxygen into me. And you know what I thought about the other day? I thought, Father God did the same for His Son. After Jesus was baptized, the voice out of heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He said, I'm proud of my Son. He's my Son. Don't let the words, I'm proud of you, be withheld from your son, from your daughter, from your children. Even if your son or daughter is older than 21, even if they're not in the house anymore, speak those words over them. I'm proud of you. Maybe you never had the privilege of having 
your mom or your dad say that to you, well, change the whole pattern of the, the bloodline. Begin to, instead of withholding, begin to speak blessing. It's actually very biblical. In the Jewish times, the father would gather and uh, with the family, they would have Shabbat, and the father would speak words of affirmation over particularly the children, but actually the family was spoken affirmation over. And so I remember that so clearly, how my dad would speak those words. We have the power to be able to bring such vigor and vitality when we speak words of life. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. As you speak life, you are breathing life into somebody. Proverbs 10 verse 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. You know, I think of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, he was focused on building up the church and edifying the church. It was just the way he was. And do you know that in all of his letters, all of the epistles that Paul wrote, by the way, some people think the epistles are the apostles' wives. They're not actually, all right? The epistles are the letters that Paul wrote. But when Paul starts off his letters, this is what he says. He says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you think of a more positive way to start a letter? He says, grace and peace to you uh, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He started all of his opening addresses by speaking life. He was saying, guys, it's about grace, the grace of God. It's about the peace of God from our Lord Jesus Christ and from the Father. Number three, some people have a spiritual gift of encouragement. Yet, we are all called to encourage. Now, turn to Romans chapter 12, please. I want to hear those pages rustling. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6 to 8. And I'm going to read it from the NIV Bible because it puts it so nicely. Now, it says there, Romans 12, verse 6, we have different gifts. Please say the word gifts. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. Now here it comes, verse 8. If it is encouraging. Did you know that encouragement is actually a gift from God to be able to serve others with? If it is encouraging, if this is your gift, encouragement, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do so cheerfully. Now, some of you, as that scripture was read, maybe something just stirred in your heart. Perhaps even for the first time, you thought about it. You know what? I have got the gift of encouragement. Maybe, maybe it didn't specifically jump out at you, but maybe there's somebody here. Maybe there's a few people here that for the first time, as that scripture was read, 
Maybe the Lord just stirred that in your heart. Perhaps today you are discovering that you have a gift of encouragement. A gift of encouragement is it's all about the following. It's about the ability to stimulate the faith of others. The ability to stimulate the faith of others and the hope of others. We all have the responsibility to be encouraging. But some of us have a special gift in this regard. My brother Andrew, I believe, is somebody who has this gift. Just in general, I've always known Andrew to be a person that's very encouraging. For instance, I can remember sometimes walking into somebody's home, and, um, and I'm just walking in with my brother, and, and Andrew looks around and he says to the people, wow, how long have you lived here? This is a beautiful home. Wow, I'm so happy for you. The Lord's given you a beautiful home. And I'm like, eh, the home? <laughs> ah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> Sometimes somebody gets, gets maybe a, a, a car, buys themselves a car, and, and Andrew says, you know what? I'm so happy for you. That's great. I'm glad that the Lord has blessed you. We had a friend of ours who's quite a, a wealthy person, and I remember this person said to Andrew one day, you know what? Some of my friends are jealous of my wealth, but here you are saying, I'm so happy for you. May God bless you even more. (laughs) Now, Andrew began a couple of years ago because he wanted encouragement in his own life. He began to send out a little email of encouragement, a daily thought. And you know how that has grown and developed? Just sending out a little brief scripture of encouragement with one or two points he sends it out five times, uh, five times a week, and uh, not so long ago, it reached in excess of 120,000 subscribers that get that daily email of encouragement right to their inbox. And that's just people that receive it directly. And then there's other people that might forward it on to a family member or a friend. And I've really seen my brother, the ability to encourage people I'm sure he has a gift for doing that. By the way, do any of you receive his daily thought? Any of you? Many of you. Well, great. Now, he may have a gift in that area. I'm not too sure if that's a specific gift of mine. But you know what? I'm not off the hook. You're not off the hook too. Please tell the person next to you that they're not off the hook. Come on, look at them. Don't be shy. You're not off the hook. You also need to encourage, even though it might not be your gift, we can still all do it. Number four, new levels of encouragement will add new dimensions and growth to the church. Um, Let's just take a look at Acts chapter 11, please. This is the last scripture we're going to turn to. Acts chapter 11 and verse 22 to 25. New levels of encouragement will add new dimensions and growth to the church. Now, the context here is there's a little fledgling church. It's called the church at Antioch. And what happens is the church at Jerusalem, the main church, headquarters, Say they hear reports of the church at Antioch and that something's busy happening there. 
So they decide, well, they're going to send Barnabas. And by the way, Barnabas' name is translated son of encouragement. So the church at Jerusalem sends Barnabas to Antioch, and they say to him, go and help those guys. Go and push wind in their sails. Be a blessing to them. It says in verse 22, Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came, this is Barnabas, and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them. We're talking about the ministry of encouragement. Here we see Barnabas doing just that. It says, and he encouraged them all that, uh, sorry, he encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. He said, guys, you're doing so well. You need to carry on. You need to serve God with everything that's within you. I'm so glad to see what's happening here. Church, keep on going. Keep on going. He encouraged them. And then it says in verse 24, For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Now look at the result. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. What is the result of the encouragement that Barnabas brought Many people were added to the Lord. You know what? I believe church should be a place of hope and of encouragement. I so remember a story my dad used to tell. My, my grandfather, Reuben Rabbit, was his name. He was a builder. He was also a bodybuilder and uh, quite a remarkable man. So my grandfather would go to church like clockwork. He would go Sunday morning, Sunday night, as was the custom of the day. He would not skip a service. He would always be there. And my dad, growing up in the household, he learned this is the way we do it. There's a dedication to, to coming to the house of the Lord. And then one day my dad was a little bit older but still living at home. And they had been to church for the morning service. And now it was about time to start getting ready for the evening service. And my grandfather, Grandpa Reuben, he said, I'm not going to church tonight. My dad looked at him and he said, Dad, what do you mean you're not going to church tonight? And my grandfather said the following. He said, I can't face another whipping. I can't face another whipping. Basically, the pastor would get on the pulpit and he would tell the people just how dirty, rotten sinners they are and how you better repent and you're no good for nothing. And this would just go on and on and on. And my grandfather eventually decided, I'm not going tonight. Now, maybe he was just a little bit low. Yes, he did go back to church. But you know what? Isn't that a shame? And then I thought of a ministry that I so enjoy, and that's the ministry of Joel Osteen. Maybe some of you have tuned into some of his broadcasts, and he's been accused of being too nice and like Christianity and all these things. You know what? He's a man that loves God and wants to speak hope into the hearts of people. I thoroughly enjoy his ministry. Uh, a little while ago, about a year ago, it was before Oral Roberts had passed away. Oral Roberts and Joel Osteen were having a discussion together on camera. And Joel was saying to Brother Oral Roberts how 
he had been criticized so many times for his message of hope and so on and, and always talking about the goodness of the Lord. And you know what? The wise owl, the wise old owl, old Robert said to him, he said, you know what? What a wonderful accusation to be accused of speaking about the goodness of the Lord your whole life long. And you know what? I believe one of the reasons why that church is growing and growing and growing, it's by far the largest church in, church in America, is because he speaks life to the people. He speaks hope. He speaks encouragement. And really, that is what we are aiming to do here in Choose Life. Yet we don't shy away from talking about some of the, the things that we need to speak about and challenge each other. But yet... We all need encouragement. We all need hope. This is what our hearts long for. The world views the church as judgmental and critical, but they should see the church as a place of hope and encouragement. Lastly, a couple of practical ways in which we can encourage each other. Let me mention a few. Kind words, like affirmation, compliments, sincere praise. Another way is by body language. You can give somebody a cheerful look, a big smile. You can give them a thumbs up, you know. Give them a thumbs up. It just kind of boosts somebody or, or smile at somebody. It can make a difference. Physical touch is another way that we can encourage each other. Physical touch when, when appropriate, obviously. But sometimes to give somebody a pat on the back... <laughs> Somebody, to give somebody a pat on the back, you know what? Sometimes just a, a touch on the back is what you need. Sometimes you need to give a person a hug. A hug means so much. Another way you can encourage is to assure somebody that you're praying for them. Don't forget, I'm praying for you. Wow. Is he actually praying for me? Does she really do that? Wow. Maybe I should pray more. <laughs> Another way of encouraging somebody is sharing a scripture with them. Scripture is God in text form, God in word form. You speak a scripture to somebody, a scripture of encouragement, of direction, of leading, it means the world to them. You can express appreciation. You can meet somebody's practical need. Sometimes when somebody's in need and you actually meet their need, there's nothing like the encouragement that brings. Two more. You can speak faith into somebody's potential. Don't uh, pour fire on somebody's fire when it's beginning to burn. When they're beginning to release their potential, don't pour water on their fire. Speak to their potential. Say, you can do it. You're capable. You can do it. And another way you can encourage is cheer up a sad face. In conclusion, the scripture that I started with 1 Thessalonians 5.11, out of the Amplified Bible, it says, Therefore, encourage, admonish, exhort one another, and edify, strengthen, and build up one another, just as you are doing. Can I ask you to stand as we close in prayer? Would you just take the hand of the person next to you? Please don't leave unless it's the hospitality team. Just take the hand of the person next to you. Now, would you close your eyes just for a moment? 
and just think of somebody in your life that could do with you speaking kind words to them. Just imagine in your mind right now the person that you need to speak life to, the person that you can encourage. And that's just one person. There's many. So Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can all operate in the ministry of encouragement. Lord, some of us, you've given a special gift to do this, but you've called us all to be encouraging. And I pray, Lord, that we would be not only hearers of the words, which we've heard today clearly, but that we would be doers. Lord, in the next few days, we want to seek out and look for opportunities where we can bless, build up, and encourage. Now I speak a, a prayer of blessing over you as a congregation. I say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of His smile upon you. The Lord encourage you and give you peace. And we pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand for His goodness. Hallelujah.